0: Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yannion. Today I wanna talk about correcting discrimination. Discrimination is a problem in this world. You know what, but we're not looking for the government's answers. We're not looking for the Republican or Democratic answers. We're not looking for what politicians say. What we wanna know is what does the Word of God have to say? Because discrimination has actually occurred throughout the Word of God, Old and New Testament. We're gonna talk about it today. How does God want us to correct discrimination through His power, through His Word, and through the Holy Spirit? For more than 40 years, Bob
1: Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and
0: study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandy. Glad to have you here today. And so many of you that have been watching me for so long and the great testimonies you've been sending in and telling me how great the broadcast is and how much it's helped you immensely. Again, thank you so much. In fact, I have one here from, this is from Cindy. In fact, she attended my church, she said, 40 years ago. So don't ask me how old I am. Pastor Bob, Cindy says, I went to your church in Tulsa 40 years ago. And my how time flies. You taught so much word in one service. I never heard anything like it. You could almost grow spiritually by just sitting there. I see you're still going strong. I have learned something the hard way, many things in my life that you've even taught in this video I just watched. Good and wise teaching. Thank you so much for sharing the word of God. Well, thank you, Cindy, for sending that in. And again, if you've got some testimonies, how God's blessed you, you know, don't just sit on and let the world know. In fact, I think it's interesting. I like Jesus. He asked the woman that was healed of the issue of blood, give your testimony. And so she did, I'm sure those standing around, including Jay Iris, that wanted Jesus to get to his house real quick because his daughter was dying, probably thought, what are you doing? We don't need to hear this testimony. I've got this important thing. And we all think about that from time to time when someone gives a testimony. But thank you for those testimonies. There's so many great ones. Turn to Acts chapter 17 today. I wanna to talk to you about what we have in our world today around discrimination. So much is being brought up about discrimination today. And uh, I wanna to talk to you about what the word has to say about it. In fact, my book on Acts, the reason why I chose the book of Acts And mentioning the scripture we'll start with from the book of Acts chapter 17 is because the book of Acts deals with going into all the world and preaching the gospel to every nation. And we have Jews, Paul, Barnabas, and uh, going into all the world from the church at Antioch. And the church at Antioch was really mainly Gentiles. But from that church with all these campaigns into the world and Jewish men now born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, took this message to others. But we find out there was no discrimination there because the gospel is for everybody. Jesus died for everybody. And we're gonna take a look at what the book of Acts and again, other scriptures have to say about different nationalities. And here in Acts chapter 17, Paul is speaking a sermon and he says in verse 26, this is a great verse. Verse 26 says, he, that is God, has made from one blood Every nation of men to live on the face of the earth, having determined their pre-appointed times and boundaries of their dwelling. A great contentment is found in you by accepting yourself. Notice this. It says here that is their pre-appointed time and boundaries. God is the one who picked the time you were born in. You had no choice in it. My daughter said one time, she said, Dad, I wish I'd been born in the 1940s. I just love going back and hearing the music of that time, the movies of that time. They just came out from the war. There was such a, a liberty that came across the people they were, you know, coming together to build this country back. And what, you know, they were. she said, I'd love to live. And I said, honey, that's fine, but you're not. God picked the time you were born in and you were born for such a time as this. And so the time of your birth, listen to this, the country you're born in, the state you're born in in that country, the city you're born in, the side of the city you're born in, the socioeconomic background you're born into, your nationality, your color is chosen by God, your gender is chosen by God, your parents are chosen by God, your personality is placed in you by God, and your looks. We could go down the list of everything. Our identities are unique. Our DNA is unique. No one has ever had your DNA before. No one will ever have it today and no one will ever have it. Your retina, you can have a retina scan. You know why? Because your retina is exactly made for that. And both retinas aren't the same. Even the right and left eye are different. Voice prints, this is how we can tell people. And on top of that, God made you so unique. He gave you 10 unique fingerprints that develop in the womb at the same time as your 10 unique toe prints are are manufactured by God. Think about that. We don't think a thing about toe prints. We take fingerprints everywhere. And God says, I'm gonna go beyond that and give 10 unique ones. I think five was God. I would have made all 10 fingerprints the same on Bob. Then they'd have been different on Bill and Linda and Jane and all the other ones that go on. No, no. God went down and made this thumb unique and this thumb isn't even the same. I have two index fingers, but you know what? The fingerprints aren't the same. They're different. This fingerprint has never existed before, doesn't exist today, and will never exist again. Same way with DNA, retina scans, voice prints, all the different things we have. God made us unique. God broke the mold with you, even if you're an identical twin. You know, we look at people say, well, you know, they're identical twins. Scratch the word identical. No two people are identical. And mom can tell the difference. Children all have different desires. That's why we are to turn them loose. And you know what? We often as parents want to tell our children, well, go do this job because you'll make a lot of money. Don't tell them that. Find out what they want to do. And even if it doesn't sound like it's right to you, if their heart's desire is in that way, and they really trust in God and do and learn the education, getting around it, they can do great things. Who Never thought you could make money with trash. I mean, can you imagine the boy that came to his dad one day and said, i got a better way for collecting trash. I'm probably the dad looked at him and said, are you nuts? And then he created waste management. Now, one of the biggest corporations in the world, it's a multi-billion dollar industry and somebody's rich sitting at the top of it that just had a great idea one day about collecting trash. Why don't you turn their kids loose and watch them and then push them in the direction they want to go, have them get the education, and if they haven't found anything yet, oh, you can make some suggestions, but still let their individuality come out of it them. I mean, two people that go into the same occupation, work in the same office and do exactly the same job, don't even do it the same way. It's that's how unique you are. It comes back to this You did not choose your color. You did not choose your gender. You did not choose the time that you were born. You didn't choose your economic background, your nationality, your parents, your personality. None of that was your choice. It's all God. Why in the world do you think you're better because you're one color than another color when God made you that way? And God made you that way so you have equal opportunity to go out and do anything and nothing can hold you back. I don't care what people say about your color or your gender or your parents or your education education, God can take and do great things with you because he has a plan for your life. Do you understand that? And it begins, first of all, that no matter what color you are, no matter what city you came from, no matter what time period you were born in, no matter what your nationality, your gender, your parents, your personality, the first thing he wants for you is for everybody to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. For God so loved the entire world that he gave his only begotten son. And so again, we come back to it that God broke the mold when he made us, but he also offers something for all of us to bring us into the kingdom of God. And then when you come into the kingdom of God, you're unique there. Your calling is different than someone else's calling. The place you'll be ministering is different. The type of ministry you have will be different. And even how you administer that office and the teaching of the word of God and the way that you operate in God's gifts will be unique to you. So again, you didn't choose any of these things I just talked about. Why then are again, you inferior or superior to anyone over something you had no choice in? I ask you a question, how deep is your nationality? How deep is your color? Look at Ephesians chapter two. I love this verse too. Acts 17, what a great verse, but look at Ephesians chapter two and verse 11. And Paul here says, therefore, remember that you are at one time Gentiles in the flesh, who were called uncircumcision by those who were called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands. You know what this verse is saying is people call you a lot of things. And the Gentiles here call those of the Jews circumcised and those that were the Jews called the Gentiles uncircumcised. We have these terms we put on different nationalities, but the point of it is, it says God made all these people. And then he tells those that were Gentiles, these Ephesians who were not Jews, he tells them at one time you were Gentiles in the flesh. Now that you've been born again, you're been recreated on the inside of you. You have the very nature of Jesus Christ living in you. You have the, the, the life of Jesus Christ living in you. But I want you to notice something here that's key. He said, therefore, remember that you were one times Gentiles in the flesh. Understand all these things. That your, that your nationality is this, this deep. It's just your skin. Below the skin, we are all united together by one blood. Remember that? That's what the verse we said in Acts chapter 17 he's made of one blood, all nations. It simply comes down to this. Nationality and skin color are as deep as your skin. I went and looked it up one day. How thick is your skin? It's five hundredths of an inch thick. That's how, uh, thick your skin is. Anything below your skin can be used by others. You understand that? Why am I saying that? Listen to this. Anything below your skin can be used by others of any nationality. If your blood is the same type, then you can give your blood to anyone. And on top of that, if you need blood, why would you argue and say, was the person giving me, uh, were they, you know, from India? I don't want Indian blood. Uh, uh, Were they black or white? I don't want that. No, were they, you know, Hispanic? I don't want Hispanic blood. You know what this verse is saying? Blood is blood. If it's the same type, who cares what it came from? Were they educated? I don't want to get some dumb person's blood. Are you kidding? The blood has nothing to do with your education. You need it to live. Bone marrow transplants come from anyone if they're, your again, your uh, type of blood. Your heart, you can have a transplant from anybody. Quit, quit griping about the color of the person. Was it male, female? I'm, if I'm a man, I don't want to wake up thinking like a woman. Well, a heart's not going to do that. It's going to keep you alive. Liver transplants, kidney transplants, eyes, for transplants. Transplants. Who cares who it came from, male, female, young, old? I, I, you know, I've had cornea transplants. They told me that one of them came from a 17-year-old who died, and they took that cornea. You know, I hate that the girl died, but you know what? Thank you. I'm now seeing because of that. But I can't say because it came from a girl, I don't want it. Because it came from a really young person, I don't want it. You know where was she from? What nationality? The point of it is, none of that matters. Anything below the skin we can transfer from one person to another. It is stupid to say you don't want somebody's blood. You don't want somebody's cornea. You don't want a heart from a black, white, Hispanic, Oriental, male or female or uneducated person. You can only use your own skin as a graft. The only thing that is non-transferable is skin. You can't get somebody else's skin. And in fact, if something's wrong with the skin on your arm, they take it from some other part of your body. You can use your own skin, isn't that amazing? Jesus didn't shed his skin for us. He shed his blood for us. Something that every nationality can understand. He used a natural example to tell us what he did on the cross is for every kindred, tribe, tongue, nation, male, female, young, old, black, white, no matter, it doesn't matter. All these things doesn't matter with God. His gift is for everyone. And so in the kingdom of God, there is no races, there is no color, no gender in Christ. Nothing like that. Galatians chapter three, verses 26 through 28 says this, for you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. As many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek nor slave nor free. There's no male, there is no female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And in heaven, there's no races. Revelation chapter five and verse nine says, and they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll that was open and open its seals for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. No wonder God told us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. The gospel, just like your blood, your heart can be transferred to someone else. The eternal life that you have can be given to them through Jesus Christ and faith in him. He's the one who gives it, but he gives it to every person. Doesn't care if you're male, female, young, old, what nationality you are. It simply comes back to this. Jesus died for everyone, and our job is to tell them. I'll see you when we come back from the break.
1: At the dawn of the church age, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit and power to His followers. From Pentecost, they were led by His Spirit to blaze a trail through the hazardous maze of pagan cultures and religious legalism. Like wildfire, the gospel spread through the known world, bringing salvation to a whole generation and triumph and trial to the church. In a New Testament Commentary on Acts, Bob Yandian explores the exploits of those sent to uproot the binding vines of religion and philosophy and to sow the kingdom of God. Through evaluations of early congregations and detailed descriptions of their cities, Pastor Bob walks us through the exciting, perilous adventure of the early church. Order a New Testament Commentary on Acts at bobyandian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Using straightforward vocabulary and down-to-earth examples, Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption. Justification, Sanctification, Reconciliation, Predestination, Election, Propitiation, and Glorification. These eight precepts, essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. at bobyandian.com and click on partnership.
0: The problem with racism though, it does appear. It, if that's found in the word of God, Old and New Testament, you had races feeling superior to others or races that felt inferior to others, or you had those members of families that felt inferior to everybody else. I know when the Lord found Gideon, remember he was on the threshing floor, and the angel of the Lord came to him, who was Jesus Christ, and said to him, you great man of valor. He said, what, me? And the first thing he started was, I am the least in my family. There's other kids, I'm the least one in my family, the youngest, the, the most Ignored the one that's put down, all that. Next of all, my family is the least in all the families of Israel. And so he said, my family's at the bottom. I mean, look at me, I'm out here, you know, threshing floor. My family's not that great. On top of that, my family is not the greatest family in my tribe. My family is one of the lesser members of the fa- of the families of the tribe. We're not that well known. Next of all, I'm in the I'm in the worst tribe. You know what he was saying was, well, you can't get any lower than me. The lowest in my family, the lowest of my families of this of this tribe, and my tribe is the lowest. I mean he went down the list. And yet the angel said to him, no, you're a mighty man of valor. We do this to ourselves. We feel inferior to other people. Or on the other hand, you feel have those that feel superior. And boy, do we see it today. If you're not educated at the right universities and you're just not into it. And what they're saying is to be somebody important, you have to have money. But they were born into money. So they think everybody should think like they do. And because they were born into money, they think somehow fate looked on them, made them superior to everybody else, and they could tell other people what to do. We have those on the job. The moment they get a particular promotion, they begin to take it to their own, and to the, it goes to their head. They begin to dictate, rule over everybody, rather than do it just within the framework of that of that business. Okay, and God doesn't want that. And so again, He warns constantly about letting superiority rise up in you, or in your own self, feeling inferior to others. You're a member of the body of Christ, and whether you're a, a more visible member, like an eye. Or a hand, well, you you know, and then less visible members are talking to them like the ear around the corner or the foot that's stuck inside of a sock and a shoe. You know, you feel inferior to others. And God's simply saying, no, every part has its function. And this is the way we should be thinking, but we don't. In the Old Testament, again, we find Jews feeling superior to others, but also other races feeling superior to them. And that's why so many wars start is simply over racism. And it appeared in the New Testament also. And how they handled it is so important for us to take a look at. Back to the book of Acts again, we go to chapter 6. One of the very first problems that arose in the church at Jerusalem was racism. And it occurred in Acts chapter 6. The problem was the church began on the day of Pentecost with Jews who accepted Jesus as their savior and were filled with the Holy Spirit, went out in the streets. And guess who was the first one to hear it? Devout Jews out of every nation under heaven. At the end of the day, instead of 120 converts, we had 3,120 converts and probably 98% of them were all Jews. And so that's how it began. But by the time we come to chapter six, Gentiles have been born again in the church. And when it came to the keeping and watching over of the older women in the church, those who had lost their husbands, that what happened was that the widows in the church felt neglected if they weren't Jewish because the Jewish women were getting treated better think about this it was probably not even something that was thought about the Jewish those handing out the finances looked at the Jewish women and favored them immediately because it just went that's just how it came out of their head they were not thinking equally like the holy spirit had taught them they had been raised under that type of racism not infiltrated into the church and here's how the holy spirit said to handle it and the church leaders said to handle it not why Society says we should be doing. No, it's what the Word says we should do. Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. In those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint, a murmuring against the Hebrews by the Greeks, because their widows, the Greek widows, were being neglected in the daily distribution of food and finances. The church took care of them. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples and said, It's not good that we should leave the Word of God and serve tables. They went straight to the leadership of the church and said, you need to do something about this. This is what always happens. Pastor, you need to do something about this. A good pastor says, no, let's get the right people together. You go do it. We're going to give ourselves again to the word of God and serving tables. You can handle this problem. Verse two, the 12 called the multitude of the disciples and said, it's not good that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. There's others that can do this. Here's the first time deacons were chosen in the church. Verse three, therefore, brethren, seek out from among you, you go and find. Seven men. Here's notice what he said Seven men of good reputation full of the Holy Spirit and full of wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. I want you to notice something. He didn't mention nationality. He didn't mention uh, anything except the fact they need to be men. And here's the, the thing that they said. It says again, seek out among you, first of all, good reputation. And we're told in Timothy, not only in the church, but outside the church in their work, go check with their bosses, find out if they've got a good reputation. Next of all, they're full of the Holy Spirit. And next, Of all wisdom. They've been filled with the Holy Spirit. They have a prayer life where they pray in the Spirit, pray in tongues, and then filled with wisdom. They come to church, hear the Word of God, and apply it in their life. Three things good reputation, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with wisdom. Notice nothing about Jew or Gentile, nothing here about Greek or Hebrew. He just says, again, you do that, then we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the Word of God. We're going to go back to what God called us to do. You handle these things. And in verse 5, the saying, please. The whole multitude, they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip and Prochris, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenus, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid their hands on him. Stop there for just a moment. You know what? If you go back and check every name, you know what you're going to find out here in this verse of Scripture? They were not Jews. No, no. These guys that were chosen here in this verse of Scripture were not Jews, they were Greeks. In fact, all the names are Greek. I think that's interesting. So what they did was they kind of went the opposite direction, but you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what nationality they were. The three things that mattered was number one, a good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit, and full of the Word of God. Notice what happened when they they chose them. They set them before the apostles. When they prayed, they laid their hands on them. Verse seven, then the word of God spread and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and a great number of the priests were obedient to the faith. I want you to notice this. Racism can be found in believers inside of churches. When we let the natural flesh rise up, when we look at those around us, we see mainly one nationality or one color. It's easy for that to rise up. But I want you to notice this. The church leaders did not dispute their findings. They did did something and say, there's no racism in this church. No, they are honestly looked at the situation and said, you know what, that's right. And notice this, they didn't put blame on anybody. It's almost natural. Think about this. Almost everybody there that helped found that church were Jews, and they were thinking Jewish, and suddenly they had to be shaken. There's a whole new group, and you know what? They're equal with us. They're not inferior to us. We're not superior to them. If they've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we are all members of the body of Christ, all members of God's family. Let's look at it like God looks at it. We read these verses before the break, that in heaven there's no kindred, tribe, tongue, nation. They're from all these nations, and the the main thing that let them into heaven was one thing, they accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That's the Great Commission, going to all the world and preach the gospel to every nationality, every tongue, kindred tribe, and preach to them faith in Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus Christ died for everyone. He didn't pick out a certain nationality on the cross. He just simply said, everyone can come to me. Male or female can come to me. Children can come to me. Old people can come to me. And he simply put this way, educated or uneducated. The gospel is so simple. The Bible says that a fool couldn't err in it And so that's what we are to do. You understand something? When we look at the unsaved world, all we need to do is look for one thing, not the color of their skin, not the not the gender. We need to look for one thing. Have they accepted Jesus Christ or not accepted Jesus Christ? And the Bible is filled with this. There were Gentile revivals in the Old Testament, as well as Jewish revivals in the New Testament, the same way that when Paul went out, he usually started with the Jews first, but then he went to the Gentiles there and mostly Gentiles received Jesus and great, great revivals. Revival sprang out because they found a God that loved them despite what nationality, what color, what gender they were their place of origin or their education. So again, that racism can be found even in Christians, in believers, in churches. The church leaders, again, did not dispute their findings. They didn't say, that's not true. We don't have racism here and rise up in some kind of pride. No, they honestly looked at the situation and they listened to what these Gentile women were saying, these Greek women were saying, and they looked at and said, you know what? They're right. We are treating our own better than them. And they said, we've got to stop this right here because you know what? This is not approved by God. If these women, even though they're not our nationality, have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, they are members of the body of Christ, members of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, and members of this local church. Let's treat them all as equals. Now, make equalize this thing and treat them all the same. The church at Jerusalem was made up of mainly Jews, and they told the people to find seven men to do the duties and the top priority was this. Number one, good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit, full of wisdom, which is full of the word of God. So ministers, it comes down to this. You choosing people in your congregation? Listen, don't purposely choose a color because you're trying to draw that color in. Choose them because of the character on the inside first and the color or the gender is the last thing you look at because you know not when it comes to to greeters at the door, man, men, women, young, old, that's what you want there. But the main thing you want is to have a good reputation, have them full of the Holy Spirit and full of the word of God because they're full of the Holy Spirit. They'll have a magnetism that they have. And if they're full of wisdom and the word of God, they'll be able to help somebody who has a question about the things of God because they'll know this. If they have a good reputation, if the person walking through the door says, I work with you at the office, they think you're the best thing is this why you're really known so well or think about this walking through the door they say oh we know you you're a scoundrel oh you act this way in church you listen pastor you want to see what this guy acts like at the office they fail to check out one thing did they have a good reputation outside the church as well as inside the church or were they a hypocrite living like the world in the world and then putting on a facade inside the church next of all again full of the holy spirit full of wisdom, full of the word of God. I want you to notice something here. Race was not mentioned. All seven that were chosen were Greeks. Race was not even mentioned. Again, the three things, good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit, full of wisdom, and then choose it strictly from that right there. And they happen to choose all Greeks. As long as a candidate has a good reputation, praise in the spirit, studies and applies the word of God, is faithful and diligent to come to church. It doesn't matter what nationality, it doesn't matter which which color it is. It's all right to fill your positions with every race, every color, men and women, old and young, it comes back to this because that's how Jesus sees the body of Christ. We are all members of the body of Christ, and he sees nothing else than the fact that Bob has accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. And what he wants past that is not any change in my color, me trying to act like some other race, me being feeling superior or inferior. He simply wants me to do this, grow in my reputation, grow in the power of the Holy Spirit, and grow in my knowledge of the Word of God. This is what he's looking for. And church leaders, this is what you should be looking for in your church also. This is God's desire. This was his desire in the book of Acts, and it's still today in our generation, the 21st century. See you next time. You can order resources, become a partner,
1: or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.